welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back as we continue in this series on the root causes and resolutions of hatred. I have one more root cause to share with you before we jump into the resolutions of hatred. And I feel like this one's just as important as the others. If you're just now jumping in, please know that I always do my podcasts in series. So it would be a really great idea for you to go back to the beginning and listen all the way through so that you can hear all of the facets and angles of, you know, why we hate. So I want to talk to you today about societal and cultural factors. Now, again, I am pulling from an article in Psychology Today called The Psychology of Hate. It is written by Allison Abrams. Um, She has many credentials. You can check it out. Um, And it's also reviewed by Jessica Schrader. So I want to give credit where credit is due. So now the answer to why we hate, according to Sylvia Dutchevici, and she is also an L.S or LCSW, which is the same credentials as the writer of the article. And she's also the president and founder of the Critical Therapy Center, lies not only in our psychological makeup or family history, but also in our cultural and political history. We live in a war culture that promotes violence, the dog-eat-dog phenomena, right? The, the, The survival of the fittest. Competition seems to be a way of life in so many countries and in the regions and on states the uh, the the sylvia um and she also says that we fear connecting because it requires us to reveal something about ourselves we become vulnerable and uh, sometimes we don't want others to know too much about us for fear of rejection or uh, disagreement or or differences we can't handle or whatever So we are taught to hate the enemy, meaning anyone who's different than us, which leaves little room for vulnerability and an exploration of hate through empathetic discourse and understanding. In our current society, one is more ready to fight than to resolve conflict. They are more ready to judge and condemn another before taking the time to really understand and engage in conversation that could bring that understanding. Peace, unfortunately, is not always the option. In fact, it is probably less the option than uh, ignoring, fighting, judging, condemning, etc. Now, this really is, and I started this series out talking about it from this angle, it's rather childish. This attitude of, you know, uh, an unwillingness to, you know, reach out and ask questions, connect. Learn about the person. Learn about why they think what they think. Now, I'm not saying that this is always going to work 100% of the time. There are some cases where that won't work. And I get that. I mean, that's just reality, right? But to as much as we are able and that we have opportunities to do so, we should be going above and beyond to 
um, you know, instigate those types of, or initiate, I should say, rather than instigate, but initiate those types of conversations. And it really should start in the home and in the classroom before it gets to adulthood. The more that we can train our children to be curious rather than judgmental, to be um, kind and to give people opportunity and learn from them rather than shy away, hide, or make assumptions about them. These are behaviors that come with maturity. And without maturity, we end up with this teenage sort of society that never grew up and never learned how to manage themselves well. Now, I will say that there is one deficit in this society that is more prevalent than past societies. And that is all this social media and texting and, you know, uh, video games. And people don't connect like they used to. They don't have face-to-face conversations. It's too easy to type in something really nasty on a social media post or in a messenger or in a text than it is to say something nasty to somebody's face. And so we get the cop-out, which is, is an expression. I know I'm speaking to a global audience, but it just means that we... Uh, we kind of weasel out of, you know, really doing what's right in terms of having a, a mature conversation with somebody uh, or a, um, you know, the the social intelligence to reach out and to have those conversations. And that's really unfortunate. So to anybody out there that is promoting that, whether it's in schools, in your home, or perhaps even in a work environment, huge kudos to you because you're going to build the next generation that is able to not only get along socially, but succeed in many, many ways and possibly become the movers and shakers of tomorrow that will affect our world in a very positive way. So the societal and cultural factors are unfortunate, but very real. And another uh, piece to add to this before we close out today is that It's too easy to just go with the flow. If you're in a culture where this is a common thing to do is to to judge and hate certain groups, certain people groups, certain, you know, career, uh, you know, careers or, you know, whatever, um, that, or professions, I should say, then, then you are, you you need to, to, to reassess that and think critically. Is this really helping? Is this hurting? Is this actually true? What I'm being fed by this culture or the society? Or do I need to rethink this and determine whether or not it's healthy for myself, for my family, for my future, and for society as a whole? Okay, so back to the critical thinking. All right, well, I hope that that part, this segment has been helpful. We're going to come back tomorrow and come up with some resolutions for you on this. This is Michelle Stephas, Reframe and Rewire. Thanks for joining